right. Hello and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording nice and early on the Monday one. It's a bit of a weird week for us. So we're, we're missing one of the guys because of because of basketball tryouts. And I got basketball refing clinic tomorrow. And it's just one of those weeks. So Zach and I are doing this even before we even had our uh, had our dinner. We're getting it nice and nice and done early for everybody. But uh, episode 29 uh, for Wednesday, November 24th, uh, episode 29 recapping week 11 and prepping for week number 12. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, you're missing one of them. Uh, Armand is is tucked away getting ready for the basketball season at uh, high school there. So just with the transition of the uh, schedule and with practice forum running late today, we uh, he won't not be here today, but uh, we'll say hello to Zach. We got Zach here and, and we're going to take care of the episode for everybody. So Zach, what's going on? Just uh, finishing up work for the day and uh, getting ready to enjoy a nice relaxing night at home. Uh, but before we get going, wouldn't mind saying congratulations to the, uh, the U of S Huskies, uh, the men's football team for winning the Hardy Cup on Saturday. Uh, they managed to dig themselves a little bit of a hole uh, early on in the first quarter, but they came back uh, to win the game quite decidedly. Uh, 45 to 17, I believe was the final score. Yeah. What's, uh, is 45 unanswered points. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I, we were texting, watching that when I was doing my master's class and I had that playing on my phone while I was doing my course, but all of a sudden it was like, um, pick six, I think it was yeah, pick six and then a high snap safety. And then a fumble that ended up being returned or I can't remember how it worked, but it was 17 rip right off the hop. It's like, Oh my goodness, what just happened? <laughs> That was, a, that was a thrilling football game. So good luck to them when they head to Montreal here. You know, um, one of our, um, well, when Zach played, coached with us there, we our head coach, Kurt Hundeby, uh, his nephew is, uh, is a linebacker for the Huskies and got his first career sack in that game. So I said, I was texting him a little bit during the game. Man, what a what a great game to get your first career sack right in the middle of the Hardy, Hardy Cup. That's would be uh, quite the quite the feeling, but um congratulations and good luck to good luck to those huskies moving forward um we got a couple of things to take care of we got the u.s thanksgiving coming up here we'll talk about the just a little bit of a different schedule here for this for this week but happy uh, u.s thanksgiving to everybody obviously we're dropping this on the wednesday their thanksgiving is on the thursday so happy thanksgiving to all of our u.s listeners and um and good luck to your black friday shopping on the friday there i know it's not necessarily as crazy here in Canada for, for our Black Friday deals and camping out in front of, uh, out of the uh, stores and whatnot. But uh, good luck if you're, if you're going out and about for the Black Friday deals. I know I'll be sitting at work, maybe clicking some buttons, trying to get some, uh, <laughs> getting some deals, but we'll, we'll see how she goes. Um, insiders and headliners. This is, um, it's an interesting one. And we've got quite a few things to cover. Uh, a lot of it was, uh, had broke before the week started. Uh, we put out a little, quite a bit of it on the socials, like uh, Chris Carson missing the remainder of the uh, season to do his neck injury. It was kind of trending in that direction. They, they thought he may need to come back and then he had a setback. So shutting him down, he's going to get neck surgery, uh, which is a scary proposition in itself. So um, good luck to Chris Carson. Hopefully he's healthy and hopefully he's ready to come back next year. I know um, yeah, I, I know I'm very high on him uh, as much as uh, anybody on this podcast, but uh, hopefully he's back and ready to go next year. And I mean, he's a, he's a very talented running back, just can't stay healthy, unfortunately. So best of luck to him with the surgery and, and coming back next year. Another one we talked about 
was the Amari Cooper um, unvaccinated uh, COVID-19. So he missed this week. He's also going to miss the Thursday night game, uh, Thursday afternoon game, I should say, um, week 12. So he is out. I'm um, talking about the, the, the other uh, receiver who we expect to maybe have a, uh, even a bigger breakout here now as the primary receiver, C.D. Lamb, got a concussion in that game. Uh, missed the remainder of that game and now his Thursday is is quite unlikely as well because he'll be have to he'll have to clear concussion protocol and the timeline is not looking likely so it's a uh, I know Zach you're going to talk about this a little bit more at length later on in the episode but uh, that uh, receiving room is looking awfully barren at this point a <laughs> um, couple other smaller ones before we get to a couple big pieces here Jamal Agnew uh, out receiver for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars, he'll be out for the remainder of the season with a hip injury. Um, Justin Fields, bruised ribs, something to definitely monitor. Um, I know he missed time in that game, and um, that's something to monitor as you're progressing here in this week. Michael Carter, uh, low-grade, uh, high ankle sprain, so he'll be out for two to three weeks. Uh, that's running back from the New York uh, Jets. And then a couple of the big pieces here. Um, A.J. Brown, big receiver, left the game. Uh, with chest injury, uh, the results came back negative, but definitely something to monitor. I know that's obviously something that you're going to discuss at a later <laughs> foreshadowing again for Zach. But um, this is a big one. I think this is, we talked about this a little before the pod here. This is an interesting one because of how the structure is. So Taysom Hill uh, signs a new deal, which will pay him $40 million over the next four years if he remains in the current role, which he serves as the backup quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, special teams, whatever it is, you know, the utility ace that Tyson Hill is. So 40 million if he plays in any of those positions. However, the deal can be up to 95 million if Hill becomes the same starting quarterback over the next four years. So the deal is 22.5 million guaranteed, 40 million over the four years if he, um, if he continues this utility knife position. But if he becomes the starting quarterback, it'll be 95 million. So not only is this deal very unique, but I think it's going to be unique to see what happens with it as a fantasy owner, because when Taysom Hill first kind of started, you could put him in the running back position. I think you maybe could put him in the tight end position for a bit too, if I remember correctly. Now he's locked into that quarterback position, but because of depending on how his contract set up, I wonder what's going to happen with tight or with um, with fantasy platforms. Are they going to transition him back into the position that he predominantly plays throughout the next couple of years, or is he going to be locked in that QB position for for the remainder of time? I'm I'm not too sure, but I'm curious to see what you think on that, Zach. It is, pardon me. It is an interesting idea. Um, you often see this type of designation with with the more skilled guys, maybe like a running back wide receiver dual designation somebody like uh cordell patterson or a few years ago you had uh ty montgomery um guys like that but uh it's not often that you see a qb slash tight end slash uh running back type of designation um i i think i read somewhere that mfl um Kind of took some heat, I believe, when they switched him or when they just had him at quarterback. And I think it's because last year he played um, a large percentage at that position. 
So going forward, I think, you know, depending on what he did the year prior, maybe he played a little bit of quarterback, but he played mainly as a, as a ball carrier, then he might get that dual designation back, but it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, next year and the years going forward, especially if this year he continues to be behind Trevor Simeon. Here's a, here's a question for you, maybe for more of a dynasty league. Is that somebody that you would be worth going after for the cheap side in speculation that because of how the contract set up, you might be able to plug and play him as that cheat code that he was last year. You know, Trevor Simeon gets hurt or when, um, uh, when what's his name comes back there off if, what, if they keep him around off that injury as opposed to Jameis Winston thanks then then all of a sudden he gets time as starting quarterback he was that cheat code right he single-handedly was winning people leagues last year when you could plop Taysom Hill as your tight end when you're most likely streaming tight ends right so is that somebody that in dynasty you, you can maybe go try and pick up for um, third round pick or maybe a, a late second rounder depending on the depth of your league and then you can hope that you got the cheat code or maybe even throw something even throw a bone like a, uh, like a cheap, cheap running back or like a fourth round with a prospect, you know, is that worth the speculation to try and go after something of that sort? Or you think it's, you're chasing after lost dollars here. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. The, the return on the investment is certainly unpredictable. Um, if you have them in say like a best ball league, you could really get some boom weeks um, where you don't have to declare him as a, as a starter, but if he goes off, you're, you're the beneficiary. But in a standard league, um, I would I perhaps be too nervous um, starting him unless I knew for sure what his role was going to be from a week-to-week basis. If I was just starting him at tight end, hoping that he might get in at quarterback, he might get some, some red zone carries. I don't know if that's necessarily... Uh, that return on that investment will be necessary. What you hope it will be. Yeah, but almost, it, like yeah, like you said, if you can get it for like a, like a fourth, and then kind of like a throwaway, um, like for example, in a few leagues, I have uh, Jalen Rager um, in a dynasty. At this point, I'm not holding out much hope for Jalen Rager. If I could flip Jalen Rager for Taysom Hill, then <laughs> that might be the gamble that's that's worth taking because right now. Rager's not doing a dang thing. Yeah, they're both burning holes in your in your roster, regardless, right? It's just your it's a wait and see. Like I think if that is the if that is the proposition that you want to go after and you want to do something of that sort, then you got to be willing to be able to hold on to them on your roster for a little bit. And it's the hope that a that dual that dual title does get put into whatever platform you're playing on, and then b you're looking at a possibly a quarterback injury or that he wins the starting role, but he still has that designation of a tight end. So I think there's a lot of things that have to go right. I mean, like you said, a, a Jalen Rager or a uh, Philip Lindsay or somebody that's just been burning a hole on your, on your roster might be worth the, worth the gamble, but it's a uh, tweet your own that. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty low risk gamble, but could have the, have the high payouts like we were discussing earlier. I will say though, if um, like M- MFL, especially, with their with their IDP IDP players, they do a really good job each year of uh, resetting the deck before every season. Um, it's quite often that MFL will release a list at the beginning of the season, saying these players are either in a new defensive system or are on a new team with a new defensive system, and that is going to change their their position. 
oftentimes you'll see linebackers switch to uh, D linemen or vice versa. Uh, it's not uncommon to see safeties switching to corners and corners switching to safeties and sometimes safeties to linebackers and vice versa there as well. Um, I would imagine if Hill would win the job out of camp either next year or the year before, if they see him win the camp, the job out of camp, I can't imagine them letting him have any other designation except for tight end. Yeah. Now next year, if they, they keep Taysom Hill or sorry, they keep uh, Winston and they keep Simeon around and Hill is just that switch knife that do that dual threat kind of guy, then maybe he'll have um, multiple positions. But if he's the quarterback from the jump, I don't think it, it, there would be, there'd be pitchforks and fires in the streets <laughs> for guys that don't have them. Yeah. That, like that would be the ultimate cheat code. Yeah. He, he wins the starting job, but we're still going to leave him at tight end or running back or whatever. Right, because the then, in in the in the one dynasty league where I used to have Taysom Hill, you could have two starting quarterbacks in their quarterback slots, and then a third in Taysom Hill at the tight end spot. Where unless you have like a a crazy Travis Kelsey two touchdown one hundred and ten yard week, no tight ends touching what a, you know an average uh t- or average quarterback puts up yeah no kidding even last year like he wasn't lighting the world on fire by any means but he were he was averaging 100 rushing yards and and at least one score on the ground like to be able to just plop down your tight end position and forget about it it's it was a, it was right. a treat if you were the beneficiary of that last year but definitely something to uh to, i mean it's a very weird situation i can't imagine we'll be talking about anything like this ever again on the podcast but uh but uh, definitely something to monitor as now with the the way the contract is structured, you never know what uh, the capability of that is. So definitely something to uh, look at. So uh, a couple other uh, contracts. Uh, This one was interesting because Tim Patrick signed, I believe it was on Friday, a three-year 34.5 million uh, contract, 18.5 of it guaranteed. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, well, what's this mean for Cortland Sutton? I mean, they got Tim Patrick, they got Jerry Judy. What's going to happen now? They signed Patrick's big deal. Uh, I don't think it mattered because Cortland Sutton signed a contract today. Uh, for four year, sixty point eight million uh, million dollar contract, thirty four point nine guaranteed. Uh, so the uh, Denver Broncos are locking down their receiving core, and um, I imagine this is going to be an interesting off season if you are a Denver Bronco fan because you just lock down your receiving core. Nobody's going to free agency. Now, are they going to be going hard in the paint for a quarterback? I think is going to be the discussion and for now until the end of time, because you don't lock down that receiving room. You don't have Javante Williams ready to go. And you run that team with a very, very average Teddy Bridgewater. Like you got to <laughs> think they're going to be going hard after somebody this off season. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, like you mentioned, having, you know, having a fairly loaded offense, having those three receivers, having Noah Fant, a budding tight end, um, and then having whether or not they bring Gordon back, they have they have Javante Williams there. That's a pretty good set of skill position players that not many teams can can rival. Um, but then having having Bridgewater there, that's you know, you have the the Ferrari, you have the Corvette, but you you can't put it past like second year. 
you um, you're parking in the street instead of the garage yeah like it's just <laughs> you're not using it to its fullest potential yeah but uh it'll be interesting to see um they're in a spot like not that this year is exactly a super deep quarterback uh draft class but they're in a spot similar to what the patriots were in last year where they're just an average team like they're i think right now i just looked it up the broncos are five and five on the year they'll finish like pick number 12 or 13 right like you're 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 in a spot where if there is a best quarterback quote unquote in this year's draft class he likely won't get to you yeah you're like you'd be like the patriots you're gonna be picking the quarterback that's left over and you're just hoping that you know other teams make a mistake and that you end up with a mac jones yeah so I think yeah, I, he, I think you're right. You you are probably looking at maybe going after a quarterback, but uh, I don't know what their salary cap is like. But looking at these guarantees, like I'm sure Tim Patrick wasn't making six mil a year. No, before this, he's probably making six hundred thousand dollars a year. Like the first couple names that pop up, obviously, are Deshaun Watson. Is 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 he going to be available? But that's going to come with a hefty hefty trade price, right? So like you're, yep. it's going to be your twelfth twelfth overall or whatever. Speculating twelfth, right? I'm just going to throw a number out there. Your twelfth overall plus your next year's first plus a skilled position player or plus a key key position player, you know. So it's going to take quite a bit. Where Aaron Rodgers, it's I don't think it's going to take as much. You know, like the way his contract works, I, I got to uh, refresh myself. I was talking about this with a Packers fan in there too. I can't remember if they can still have the opportunity to trade him when the season ends or if he becomes a free agent or how there's a weird way there's that contract was structured too. And I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but those are obviously the two big names being thrown around that could possibly end up on new teams next year. But there's obviously a lot of, lot of other names that could be thrown around that, but I mean, are they are they a clear tier above Teddy Bridgewater? Probably not. So those are probably the big names that'll be within reference. I think. What about this scenario? We know, um, you know, a few weeks ago there is the rumors, the speculation of Miami having interest in Watson, or um, Philadelphia perhaps having interest in Watson. I know this is more of an NBA type of deal, but what if there's like a three-team type of deal? Or, you know, trades that are kind of depending on each other to happen. A a situation where Miami is able to acquire Watson, but they they don't trade Tua. They give a lot of their picks to the Texans. And then Miami is able to turn around and flip Tua to to Denver. That might be a case where is Tua a clear cut over uh, Bridgewater? At this point in time, I don't know. Or if there's a type of trade where Watson goes to Philadelphia, Hertz is available, and Hertz goes to Denver. For the 12th, you know, or 12th yeah, and exactly. 12th and 12th and the third or something, you know? Right. Like I I'm also thinking that, you know, Jared Goff's available for your pick one one twelve there. Uh, <laughs> just just in case Denver is really interested in a young, young quarterback, but yeah, it's uh, that's. I mean, it's going to be an interesting storyline to follow, especially when we get into the bit of the dog days of the off season, where it's like, okay, let's start doing some speculation. What's going to happen? The drafts rolling up. What's the possibility of this happen? What can happen here? What can happen there? You know, so that's I think going to be a storyline. If it doesn't get resolved prior to the draft, I think that's something that's going to be speculated for quite some time throughout the year. 
right, here's an interesting idea. They just draft Justin Fields at ninth overall, and none of this even matters. <laughs> oh man, one of my buddies, he uh, he actually listens to the pod. He's a big fan. He uh, he's a big Denver Bronco fan. And when they passed, oh my goodness, he goes, "What is what's going on? What is happening?" I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe the rumors of Aaron Rodgers getting traded is legit, and that's that's why it never happened. But I'm like, you got to right. think that pick was going to be involved, and he's. Yeah, like if we don't get Aaron Rodgers, I I don't know why we didn't take Fields. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know either. Like maybe you, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Denver fans, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Um, a couple other little small pieces here. Um, I think or no, I think that's uh, yeah, that's all the insiders and headliners we have to cover this week. So, um, obviously a little bit more is gonna get dive. Uh, Zach will dive into in some of his uh, stuff later on the episode, but. I think that covers everything. Um, oh, sorry, the last one. Dallas Goddard, four-year, 57 million, 35 guaranteed. So um, Philadelphia locking down their, their tight end position. So um, it was kind of speculative. I didn't think he was going to get that much money, especially with um, how much he hasn't produced, I would say, with Ertz leaving. I guess at the end of the day, that's there's a, a bigger role to play as a tight end than, than what we care about as fantasy players. But um, still a pretty good paycheck for Dallas Goddard. So they've locked down their tight end of the future. So yeah, building themselves in a nice little uh, skill position group there. Yep. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to talk about another skill position player for Philadelphia later too. I'm uh, I mean, Hertz is starting to look a lot better too. I know people are getting real worried about him looking pretty bad myself being one of them. Uh, but uh, I got to tip the cap. He's had, he's had himself a couple of good weeks here and man, they gave a, they gave a lick and they gave a lick and, and I must, they must've been listened to uh they must have been listening to Zach a couple of weeks ago with the upset there, and they've just uh, kept rolling on the train because now they're looking like a half decent football team right now. Um, studs and duds. Well, we'll get the studs and duds going here. Um, this one, I mean, I I claimed it in the group chat, and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't because it's pretty standard. I'm sure everybody paying attention to fantasy football <laughs> knew that this guy uh, just broke a bunch of records. So the first five TD uh week ever for indianapolis colt and tied for uh, three others uh one being elvin kamara from last season winning everybody your uh your championship if you got there with kamara but jonathan taylor running back from the indianapolis colts 32 carries 185 yards and four on the ground and then adding on three receptions for 19 yards and a score through the air so five tds i mean if you have jonathan taylor good for you take your w and run uh, unless you're one of the unless you're one of the owners in uh in our league because uh fortunately you take your jonathan taylor 56 points or whatever it was i think in that league i think was that league full ppr i can't remember but regardless you take those points and um you take your loss if you're in one of our leagues but for the most people i'm sure if you had jt you're celebrating a w this week so my stud of the week yeah he's on fire i think he's got i think it was he tied with Damian Thomason for the only player to have eight weeks in a row at a hundred, hundred rushing yards and a TD or something. I, I can't remember. I wish I would have wrote it down. Cause it, um, it was like a pretty rare statistic, but yeah, he's on fire right now. And, and uh, you're definitely riding the hot hand there for, for um, Jonathan Taylor. So he is my stud of the week. And that's like such high praise for a guy like that. Um the only running back to score uh, like five TDs, like you said, in a single game. And the Colts have had a super impressive um, history of running backs. Um, guys like Edron James, Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, 
none of those guys, all Hall of Fame players, have never or never scored five touchdowns in a game. And for, for JT to do that is just super impressive. I watched that game in the morning one, and it was like every time he touched the ball, it's like he's going to score. Like he just – he was unstoppable. And not against a slouch defense by any means either. Like Buffalo is right. one of the – one of the top defenses in the league right now, especially for points given up to the running back. So that was, uh, that was very, very impressive. I think when they put like his game Jersey or his cleats in the hall of fame, there has to be a little notation at the bottom there. Like, just like, thank you defense, because there were a number of turnovers um, from the, uh, from the bills offense where the, the linebacker or the, the, I think the safety had a couple of picks that got down, like, and they got, tackled inside the 20 yeah the and one you got pushed on like the one yeah and then they would just give it to give it to jt yeah hey they don't ask how they ask how many right yeah you bet <laughs> uh your stud of the week zach Alrighty, so it was funny we do our uh our episode prep on a uh on a google doc and quite often two of us or three of us will end up on the the dock together and we can kind of see what the other person's typing in and I was pumping in Pat's defense under my stud of the week. And I think Jordan said you Homer or something like that. <laughs> um, the reason I picked the Pat's defense, obviously um, those are my boys. I had a great time on Thursday watching them kind of take it to the Falcons, but I picked them also because just like JT, if you had JT more likely than not, you, you won. But the Pats defense, this was a true, true like fantasy gift. I picked the Pats defense up off waivers Thursday morning. I was like, oh, how do they end up not getting picked up? Great. Put them into my lineup. Um, in another league, I had them for a couple of games. I was like, sure, let's put them in. Not expecting what happened, but expecting a good game nonetheless. And and boy, did they deliver. Um, in the one league, I think I got 28 points from them. And then in another league, I got 35 points from them. Uh, regardless uh, of the league settings, the Pats put up four sacks, four INTs, and a touchdown. Um, up until like the last few minutes of the game, they weren't nearly this good. But uh, once the Falcons put in Josh Rosen, he immediately throws a pick six, like immediately. Like that doesn't define of, his career right now. I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of getting uh he's he's getting warmed up on the sidelines and his teammates are dabbing him up and stuff, and he goes in there and he just rips it right to Kyle Van Noy, like instantly pick six. Next uh possession. Nope, not Josh Rosen. It's uh Franks, I think, the uh, the rookie from Florida and uh, he did a great job of throwing the ball to Adrian Phillips. Like, um, I think there was a stat on the broadcast saying this is the first time in an NFL game that a defense has intercepted the other team's three quarterbacks. Way to go, Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, was it last year or was it two years ago? I'm trying to remember correctly. No, it was two years ago because most of the Pats defense opted out to COVID last year when they were single-handedly winning people leagues. Like I saw yeah. some of the most ridiculous trades for a defense ever because they were putting up 30, 40, 25, 25, 30. Like it was, it was unbelievable. I should, I should try to prep and pull it up and actually pull up some of the actual numbers. 
But through like, it was, I think it was week one through week eight, they were one of the, I think it was number five fantasy assets in fantasy football that year. Like it was just absurd. So it yeah, was kind of nice life's to see. Pretty, life's pretty good when you get to play Sam Darno and the Jets twice. Yeah, it's you're seeing ghosts, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah that's that's going to help you. That was another beautiful Thursday night beatdown. Yeah, that was, uh, those are the ones that you always uh, say. I haven't been on the other side of those yet. Like, usually I am the one getting beat down. So I don't enjoy <laughs> Thursdays quite as much like you. But I mean, every single year, Thursday, US Thanksgiving, I'm locked in wearing my jersey. And two years in a row, I'm celebrating a backup quarterback probably getting beat down. <laughs> so it was two years ago. If I remember correctly, I think it was David Blau, like just about one, because I think Stafford was hurt. And then last year, Stafford was out again, and we got absolutely ripped by Houston. And now this year, we're going to play against Chicago, which is a very winnable matchup. I hope. <laughs> little little foreshadowing there, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of forgot until I started talking about that. But um, yeah, I'm, I am a, like you, uh, those are ones where you get those big weeks and you should win. But I said right before the, I said right before I got to talk about it now too, in our staff league, um, one of the teams, they, they had the Pat, they had the Pats 22 points. I think they started uh, born as well as one of their flex options or receiver options. You got nine points. I mean, from Kendrick Bourne, you can't ask for much more than that. If, if uh, that's who you're starting. So you're starting your Thursday night, going into your Sunday, you're up like 33 points or something like that. Cause I think it was 28 and then nine. So yeah, you're up 37, 38 points on your opposition and then he lost <laughs> he lost the match he ended up putting like 86 points you got 30 of your points on the thursday night between two players and then you lost your matches so that's a that's a tough go but hey that's that's how fantasy football works sometimes like same thing i saw i saw a tweet before we started recording somebody had jonathan taylor austin eckler and the pats defense which were like that's very possible like you get gt in first round Austin eckler second round and like you said, Pats, you could have picked up just before the game. Like it's, that's a record setting week. I think if you got those players in your league, it's uh congratulations. Don't expect that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dud of the week, this one burnt me a little bit. I mean, in, in most of the leagues, like I have, I have Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor shares in a lot of leagues. So I was very fortunate that this one didn't burn me as much, but uh, I was very, very disappointed in this one because it was such a juicy matchup. Dak Prescott, I, I like, we talked about it. I said last week on the last episode, I was pumped for this game because I, I wanted to be a shootout, some high-flying offenses that were quote-unquote back and were flying around. Then we lose one receiver, lose two receivers, and they can play into it a little bit. But man, Dak, it just didn't look good. In most leagues, he scored 4.8 points for you. In my one league I'm in, um, sacks and fumbles that you don't lose still count against you as well. So in my one league, he cost me negative 4.8 points. Um, and then in another league where uh, Zach and I play in as well, it's um, like really significant on the quarterback interception points. Uh, he put up negative 11.56. So from somebody that's arguably a top five quarterback in the NFL to be putting up 4.8 or negative 4.8 or negative 11.56, depending on what your league settings are, they're for 216 and zero, two interceptions, uh, a fum two fumbles, one of them being lost. That's a, it's a tough week for a really juicy matchup of Kansas City. So my dud of the week, unfortunately, is Dak Prescott. Yeah, it's really. funny you mentioned that. We were we were in the stat or the the workroom this morning, uh, printing off some like whatever photocopies for the day, and there was probably three or four of us 
huddled around the the photocopier and we were we're all lamenting that game like every one of us was like oh like I kind of set my Sunday up so that I'd be free for that game and it was kind of a stinker like all around like uh the Chiefs didn't even do that well themselves it was just kind of a stinker of a game I watched I watched more of the Arizona Seattle game I think than I watched that one just as I was flipping through the channels back and forth, you know, like it's just brutal, brutal, brutal. It was, just, it was a tough one because that one had the makings and it had the feeling of, um, oh, what was that one? When the Rams was the Rams and Chiefs 2018. Yeah. When there was like 110 points scored that game, like it had that feeling. And oh, I couldn't have been, like, even if you're a football fan, like who cares about the fantasy players involved? Like obviously we're very focused on that. And there's a big names in that game. Even if you're an NFL fan, like you said, how many people just wanted to watch that game? Because I think it was the sun. It was the Sunday game, like it was the game of the week. Yeah, like and boxes it, of game of the week or whatever. Yeah, and it uh, was a, like you said, a, a, quite a disappointment. But talking about disappointments, let's see your year dead of the week. All right, so this one, depending on the league settings, he was anything but a dud. But in certain leagues with certain settings, he he may have underperformed or at least underperformed compared to his stat line. I'm talking about Rondell Moore, a uh, receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. In standard leagues, he only put up 5.1 points, which is, it's not terrible. It's better than Dak Prescott, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not what you want if you ended up starting Rondell Moore in a standard league. Now, if you started Rondell Moore in a half-point PPR league, he got you 10.6 points, which anytime I get 10.6 out of a wide receiver two or a flex, I was going to keep it moving. I'm not going to be like, oh, shoot, like, that's that's bad. This is meeting expectations. Yeah, like, you're just like, you did not fall on your face. Good for you. But if you played Rondell Moore in a full-point PPR league, he got you 16.1 points, which again, from a wide receiver two or a flex, that is fantastic. So Rondell Moore had 11 receptions for 51 yards. That type of stat line is really going to influence your potential opinion on Rondell Moore. If you're playing in a standard league, you can find 5.1 points off the waiver wire any day of the week, you could find that on the waiver wire 20 minutes before the first set of games on Sunday afternoon. But if you're in a PPR league, that's 16.1 points. That is, that's hard to get from the waiver wire. So depending on the settings, Rondell Moore was either kind of a boom for you, but if you're in an old school standard league, he was kind of a dud. Yeah, that's uh. That's wild to think that because I don't play many standard leagues. It's either half point PPR. I would say probably 90% of my leagues are half point. And I have a couple of them that are full point PPR, but it's just wild to me that you could get 11 receptions and 5.1. Like that is just it's so bizarre. But once again, it comes down to your settings, right? Like I, the, we played in a full point PPR in uh, the work league. Um, and it was like, you watch the game. It's like point. Every time somebody touches the ball, it's like point, yeah. point. There's those guys, Rondell Moore. Uh, Jamison Crowder, a uh, bit of a throwback, but like Wes Welker, those guys yeah. are just Julian like, Edelman. Yep. Yeah, they, some of those guys would put up, you know, 60 yards, but 
they're bringing in nine, 10, 11, 12 receptions and you're it's print money. Yeah. Wide out screen money. Wide out screen for three yards. There's 1.3 points. (laughs) Exactly. Sickening, but yeah, that's uh, I, I honestly I, I don't even know many people that are still in standard leagues. Like I saw a lot of offseason chatter was like, can we just stop calling standard leagues standard leagues? Let's call like half point PPR standard leagues now. Like that's standard, which by all accounts I think for most people it is, but it's uh, that's bizarre. More points, more points, more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about more points here, here's a couple honorable mentions before we move on. Uh, Austin Eckler obviously had a huge week four touchdowns. If you watched the Sunday night game, that was a thriller game actually. One that I expected to be a half-decent game. Um, definitely overshadowed any other game, I think, this week. So I, I really enjoyed watching that one. Zach Ertz, tight end now for Arizona Cardinals, had himself a really good week. Uh, Elijah Moore, wide receiver from the Jets, had himself a great week. Uh, Justin Jefferson kind of back. He just Justin Jefferson, he's incredible. Darnell Mooney I threw in here. This was an interesting one because I think he had like 16 targets or something ridiculous like that. He had... He had significant double-digit targets. I think he only had five catches. So he ended up putting up like a pretty good week. So I think he had five catches for 110 and a score, which is like, okay, it's a good week. But then when you look at 16 targets or whatever the hell it was, like that's <laughs> extremely bizarre. Uh, and there's not many guys that are getting more than 16 targets. Yeah, like at all in, in the a NFL. given week. Yeah. yeah, and then only to come down with five of them just is the epitome of Chicago Bears quarterback <laughs> situation right now. But to each your own. Hopefully Detroit can take advantage of that, but we'll see. Um, and then the last one is Brandon Ayuk. He's such a difficult name to figure out what the hell you're going to do with. Cause with a slow start to the year, he's starting to piece it together a little bit. The receptions are starting to go up. Targets are starting to go up. Uh, he came down with a score. He had himself pre wing had like 19 points or something like that. So definitely a, a confusing name to try and figure out. I almost dropped him to pick up a guy off the waivers. Actually it was Michael Gallup. I think who you ended up picking up. I was going to pick up Gallup. I was going to drop Ayuk, and now I think, well, they're two of the same at this point now, but uh, it's a difficult name to have confidence in, but he's starting to starting to win it back, I think, from a lot of fantasy managers. So, um, and An extra, a little extra segment this week we're going to throw in uh, with it being the U.S. Thanksgiving, um, and obviously uh, Black Friday comes after the U.S. Thanksgiving, and it's an absolute mayhem. Everybody getting their really good deals. Uh, so we're going to throw in um, a couple names for the segment but before we get to that point uh the schedule is a little bit different obviously if you're unfamiliar or if this is your first couple years getting into the um the fantasy season or nfl season the one thing that's really interesting is they have three football games on the u.s thanksgiving day now what this means is well obviously you're gonna have to set your lineups and be aware a little bit beforehand but making sure that you don't have those thursday type players in your flex spot because now you have a higher potential of having those guys in there but to make sure you put those guys in your starting lineups so you have the flexibility come Sunday because three key matchups, teams like Detroit, Chicago, Las Vegas, Dallas, Buffalo, New Orleans, there are some half-decent names in there um, that you might want to be flexing, right? Like there's there's not a lot of studs. I mean, Buffalo has a couple studs that you maybe you're locked and loaded, like uh, Stephon Diggs. But you're looking at a lot of these teams, Detroit probably don't have many starting lineup guys other than um, other than Swift, maybe Hawkinson. Chicago, kind of in the same boat. I, maybe Darnell Mooney, you know, you don't have a key start player. Las Vegas, you got Waller and then a couple like fringe guys. Um, Dallas with missing a lot of their studs, same, same, same situation. Buffalo already went over those. New Orleans, same thing. You got kind of those fringe players. So if those are the players that you're going to want in your lineup this week, you got to make sure to take those out of your flex and put them into your starting lineup, which will allow you the flexibility, especially if there's injuries, illness, whatever may happen throughout the remainder of the week. So just a little piece of advice to help you out with this uh, 
with this weird Thursday schedule uh, for this week. But if you uh, hopefully you're enjoying the Thursday, I know when I was teaching, the kids always enjoy to put the Detroit Lions game on while they're working on their current events that day. It was the best. I, I loved it. So <laughs> they always made fun of me when they got scored on. But hey, it's small price to pay to be able to enjoy uh, you know, Detroit to enjoy football at, at work. So, um, so this segment we're going to do is called the Black Friday buy. So Black Friday, everything goes really cheap. It's on sale. Um, and then a couple of days later after Cyber Monday, everything goes back up in price again. You got to pay full price. So we're going to look at a couple of players that we would like to buy low. Um, we're going to throw it a couple of names in Dynasty, and then we're going to throw it a couple of names in a redraft format. So I know some leagues, your, uh, your, your trade deadline has already surpassed. Some leagues, this is your trade deadline week. So we'll throw this out there um, if your trade deadline is still still in still in limbo but if it's not uh unfortunately this is maybe a week week too long or a week past but uh this some names that would be interesting to discuss so zach do you want to kick start off with your uh, dynasty black friday buy sure so i have a few names that i'd be looking to uh, that i am looking to buy uh currently in my dynasty leagues uh one of those names i just talked about that is rondell moore um you know taking into account everything I just said about Rondell, I'm also interested in the fact that uh, this year, Christian Kirk, wide receiver two for the Cardinals, is a free agent. Uh, taking into account uh, AJ Green and my father are the same age. They're both very old. <laughs> he might not be back next year. There's a very real opportunity that Rondell Moore could be wide receiver two next year in a still high-powered offense with Hopkins occupying the other team's best corner, uh, possibly getting double coverage, and Kyler Murray uh, dealing the ball. So Rondell Moore is somebody that, before he really breaks out, you might want to buy in dynasty leagues before he's seen as that wide receiver two on his team. When he's still wide receiver three or four, now's the time to buy. Um, and then a few, sorry, go ahead. Well, here's a question for you then. So um, in this upcoming draft, it's quite known that uh, it's wide receiver heavy draft, right? Yeah. So if you are in a dynasty league, would you be willing to give up your first round pick, especially if it's maybe a middle to later round where you're probably getting a pretty good wide receiver in the sense that you're getting a really good receiver and who's already got a one-year experience in the NFL with, is that something, or is, would you be trying, maybe that's where you'd settle and you try and target a little bit lower, but if say final offer first rounder, like, was that somebody you would be willing to give up first rounder or, or maybe, maybe um, a pick player pick combo or something. So if in this scenario, I am looking at, you know, the back half of the draft, if I am in a position where, in the 12 team league, I'm picking seventh, eighth, ninth, etc. I might be inclined to do that just because for the simple fact, year after year, you can gamble on first round wide receivers, like NFL first round, first round wide receivers in the first round of your rookie draft. And you could hit a Justin Jefferson, or you could hit a Jalen Waddle. You might also hit a Nikhil Harry or a Jalen Rager. Yeah. You might hit a JJ. We got Whiteside was name. Um, yeah. 
jaw jjaw like yeah. a guy like that like you never you never know what you're going to get and i am somebody that likes the i know what to expect i'm not a not a big fan of surprises <laughs> i would much rather have the the known commodity in rondell Moore. um so yeah i'd be i'd feel confident in giving up that pick especially considering if you're picking that late in the draft, you're probably a half decent team and the best running back or two will probably be gone. And you'll be looking at a, you know, wide receiver, like the second, third, fourth wide receiver off the board. Most likely is that wide receiver going to be better than Rondell Moore that year? Most likely not. Will he be better than Rondell Moore in three or four years? Who knows? Yeah. You might get, you know, you might get AJ Brown or you could get, yeah, like Jalen Rager. Yeah. So that's the thing. I'm like, the leagues are some leagues that'll, I mean, we're going off topic a little bit, but they value the first rounds so sporadically. You know, some leagues, this first round is like, like more valuable than some of the best players in the leagues because it's a first round. And some is like, you know, maybe you can throw in your first to tip the scales on this deal. You know, like it all is all speculation. It depends on your owners. Like the first round, there's no guarantees, right? I mean, early first round, still there's no guarantee. Look at Mikhail Harry. I think that's a that's a weird situation. Uh, look at Josh Jacobs. He's been a subpar running back. He's not winning in leagues, right? And that was 101, 102 for a lot of people, right? So there's no such thing as a guarantee in the NFL. There's no such thing as a guarantee in fantasy. But, um, I mean, when you can flip a unknown commodity, like a first-round pick, like you talked about for a player that is trending in the right direction, I think that's something that would – definitely be worth uh worth looking into for some owners and then a few more names to to chew on for for dynasty buys i would be interested in taking advantage of the uh injured year one and year two running backs yeah. uh guys that people might have forgotten about uh guys like jk dobbins guys like cam Akers, guys like uh travis etienne these guys that had high draft caliber or sorry, high draft capital involved um, and that have shown a production at the NFL level um, in cab makers and JK Dobbins at least. Um, but they unfortunately were injured early on either in the preseason or the regular season. And these are guys that teams might be souring on, or maybe uh, somebody has Dobbins in there. They're in a spot in their dynasty league where they could win it this year. And if you could flip them a win now piece for JK Dobbins, somebody that's not going to help them this year, that might be a trade I am interested in making. Big time. I like that you said acres. That was one that I was willing to throw in as well too, as a name. Like we've, we've talked about some of the offers that I've been throwing around for acres a little bit. You can like, I'm hung up on throwing an extra third round pick, whether I want to do that, you know, like you can get, you can get acres for pretty cheap. There's a lot of, there's a big gamble. Obviously it's a tough, tough uh, injury to come back from, but you can get him for pennies in the dollars. Like he was going for three firsts in leagues. And then now you can get him for a second and a third realistically. Yeah. I think he went for, yeah, I think he went for two or three firsts in my, my more expensive dynasty. And like a week or two later, it's like, Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Who wants to give me a second, second round for him, you know, like just trying to get something <laughs> yeah. like I'm yeah. hung up on. I, 
I had an offer of 201 is guaranteed to be the 201 and we're in a 10 team league with 201 uh a third and then another third and he wanted me to swap the third for a 2023 second so I was like I'm kind of hung up on it's like no I'm just kind of like no this is my offer but I mean realistically to get a guy that was a slam dunk second round middle second round pick for most most drafts if he drafted early on a good offense could come back you know it's is it worth the gamble it's it's a definitely a buy a low opportunity so i like that you threw that name out there too zach uh, my dynasty uh black friday buy i have a few names in here um two of them that i think just worth talking about kind of similar situation like zach mentioned but my number one and this one's gonna be tough to do is javante williams he's one of my favorite guys to try and get right now it is going to be harder. So that's why I threw in a couple other names just because some people have, have seen the potential form already, but he, his, his capability, his potential is so unlimited because right now he is capped by Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon leaves this year uh, in free agency and is no longer uh, with the Denver Broncos, he has the potential to be a bell cow back. And what he's done so far this year with very limited potential is shown me that he is a very capable running back. He is a guy that I was very high on come the draft season in dynasty leagues to the point where on this podcast, I talked about potentially taking him over the 101 Najee Harris. And I got Najee Harris. And then with my pick 105, 105, 104, 105, 105, I ended up getting Javante Williams as well. So I ended up getting both my guys on both my picks. So I'm very high on Javante. I loved him in college. And even with his very limited work, He's looked really good. And it's, I mean, it's not like you're getting a uh, buy low on Cam Akers or a buy low on Jacob Dobbins, like Zach mentioned. You're going to have to still spend to get him. But what if I could have told you you have a top five running back in the NFL and you look back and say, oh, I could have got done for, for a first and a second or a first and, um, and an average player, you're like, oh, well, I should have done that no-brainer. And that's the potential that uh, Javante Williams is carrying. So that's a player that's, Maybe the, the price is going to go up, right, not right away. The price is going to go up in the offseason. But for a lot of people, your trade deadline's coming up. You can't trade for them until the offseason anyways. So as we hear more news in the offseason, it might be too late. Um, he might be the only, uh, only running back in town, and then that price is just going to start going up. So you got to take advantage, and you got to call your shot. So that's somebody that I, would, I am trying to actively pursue in almost all of my dynasty leagues. I have them in a couple but I want to get them in all of them. So Javante Williams is somebody that I am going hard in the paint for. A couple names I threw out there as well too. Um, Darnell Mooney um, with Allen Robinson uh, on his, um, oh my goodness, the um, contract he's on is the, what's it called? It's escaped my brain. Franchise tag? Franchise tag, thank you. Uh, the, I would be betting money that he is not going to be returning next year. So he is going to be the lead receiver in town for Chicago. Um, obviously, I talked about this targets. He got this last week. Um, he had quite a bit of success last year. This year is not, not the same story, but um, he is definitely somebody that on a discount you can get uh, and, he's, and ha- is going to be stepping into a more than likely wide receiver one role next year. So Darrell Mooney was another name I, I would throw out there, as well as Calvin Ridley. With the speculations of everything that's going on right now, it is risky. But Calvin Ridley's price has never been lower than it is right now. So that's another name that might be worth kicking the tires on in Dynasty League. So that's, uh, I mean, I've kicked the tires, not many Dynasty owners 
are scared at this point, but same thing, the, the trade deadline's coming around the corner. So if you're like Zach mentioned, if you're a team that your, your season's over and you're starting to look for next year, maybe that team that's stacked up has Calvin Ridley and he's willing to flip for something to help them push. So that's, that's definitely a, a situation that I'd be looking to capitalize for sure. Uh, your, your um, redraft Zach. Yeah. So before we do, all right, I go into this. Um, just want to touch on your, your Javante Williams comment very similar situation to to J.K. Dobbins last year was behind Mark Ingram, but I think everybody saw the potential, saw the talent, and then in the offseason, Ingram left. So in this case, Melvin Gordon leaves, and he has that clear role, right? That clear, defined position at the top of the depth chart. So if you get him now, before that happens, you'll get him on the cheap. Yeah, and, cheaper and, than you would otherwise. You're and still JK Dobbins, JK Dobbins week 12 on last year was winning guys leagues. Like he was booming. He was, he took over, even though Ingram was still involved, he clearly took over at the end of the season, but the deadlines passed. There was no way you were getting them. Right. So you had to wait until the off season. And then it just, the price kept going up and up and up. Right. Which that is very much in the cards. I think for Williams, like you, like you were mentioning. So my, I have two names here for, for redraft leagues. Um, and I'm, I'm picking them for different reasons. Um, my one buy for a redraft league will be Michael Gallup. Uh, this is somebody that you could maybe even possibly pick up off of waivers, uh, much less trade for. Uh, Gallup is somebody that came into the, the season as either a wide receiver two or, or you know, a wide receiver three, um, depending on how you view the Dallas Cowboys depth chart. Um, now, it's looking like he will be the wide receiver one in Dallas for at least this week, maybe even the following week. Um, this is somebody that when given the opportunity has produced points in Dallas, um, but it's, it's always been as a short amount of time. And it's looking again like this year, it might be a short amount of time where he's the, the lead dog. But if you're in a redraft league and you need to, you know, make that last push before playoffs, Michael Gallup is somebody that you could look to to help you win. Uh, and Rashad Bateman is another name I have here. I talked about him last week, quite high on Rashad Bateman. Uh, this week he did not produce as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson was limping through the tunnels there um, pregame on Sunday. And they started uh, Tyler Huntley, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Correct. And he did not put up nearly the type of week that um, I was expecting. Uh, it kind of burnt me in a, in a league or two where I started him. But with Lamar being back, I think Rashad Bateman is a name you want to get now as soon as you can. Because in a week or two, he could be putting up the type of weeks that we saw two weeks ago or better. And right now it's probably as cheap as you'll get them. Yeah. Lamar was walking in through that tunnel. Like a lot of people, I think were waking up on Sunday looking yeah. not great, not great and dehydrated, but um, those are, those are definitely some names that I think he like Bateman. I think the ship has sailed to get him in dynasty. Like the, there's no buy low, I think for him anymore, but in, in redraft, I think that's definitely a capable name that you could, that you could scoop. Like you said, the like potentially even waiver wire type guys, right? It's like, I think uh, that have some big impact. Like 
I listen to another podcast and they talk about targeting rookie wide receivers in the second half of the season, you know, cause that's where they're, they're more likely to flourish. And it's not often that you get something with this draft capital that you can scoop off the waiver wires in the second half of league. So I, I definitely like that target as well. Um, my targets are maybe a little bit on the more expensive side to get, but are guys that have not produced a whole heck of a lot uh, one being Daryl Henderson. He was on by this week and came off of a, a tough week the past week. So he uh, didn't look great the week before that didn't look great. And then the week weeks before that, when the Rams offense was just nuclear, he was putting up big points. So maybe at this point, the Daryl Henderson owner is a little bit skittish or concerned, um, especially with a bye week. Now it's three weeks in a row. They haven't got points from Daryl Henderson. You might be able to get them on the cheaper side. Um, I'm expecting obviously the Rams offense to bounce back and then same old top 12 Daryl Henderson week in week out, I think. So um, capitalizing on down weeks plus a bye week. And the last one too is, uh, is David Montgomery. He was injured for most of the season. Uh, he came back and looked pretty good in a limited timeshare in that one week this past week. Now with a really weird game for the Chicago bears, he did not look great. He had I think eight points. So it's like, didn't kill you, but definitely not David Montgomery style points. Now they're playing the Detroit Lions the coming week, which is one of the worst teams against the uh, against run against run offenses, and they see them twice still. So Chicago Bears having one of the more friendly running back schedules for the remaining of the season is somebody that I definitely looking to pursue uh, and buying on. Obviously, the fact he's missed most of the year, injury concerns with coming back from an injury this season and having a, a bit of a lackluster week this past week. So a name that I'd definitely be looking to target, especially when most leagues, a, a running back is really important, right? You can't, it's, it's tough to pick up a running back off waivers and be able to confidently put them in your lineup where you can have that with wide receivers. So I would be looking to capitalize and picking up a quality running back and then maybe um, flirting with the waiver wires and scooping up maybe some of the names like Zach mentioned. Uh, to be able to roll with those for your way uh, for your wide receiver. So those are two names I'm definitely pursuing for sure. Um, and one thing I am also looking to pursue is more limitless gear. Uh, Black Friday sales coming around the corner. No better way to get your first limitless sweater, hat, t-shirt, whatever it is, than with some nice uh, Black Friday deals. Uh, if you miss out on the Black Friday deals, I definitely be throwing them on your Christmas wish list. I'm wearing my Limitless Gear hoodie right now. It's nice, baggy, comfy sweater. Um, they just got this. Actually, this is one of their more popular color trends. They just got it back in stock. So I'm pumped to be wearing that right now. So find yourself down on Central Avenue in Prince Albert or shop online at Limitless Gear, a brand about bettering yourself and believing that possibilities are endless if you set your mind to it. Limitless Gear, Prince Albert. Um, now we're going to segue here into our next week. Uh, part of the reason we're recording without uh, Armin is because it's been kicking our ass the last couple of weeks here on the Canadian player profile. Uh, you got two in a row and me and Zach are still sitting here staring at each other. So uh, last week we, uh, we profiled Laurent Duvernay Tardif uh, guard from the Jets and the buy or sell question was, will the Jets surpass more yards of offense against their week 11 opponent, the Miami Dolphins, than the Baltimore Ravens did the previous week, 304 total yards. Uh, this was prior to uh, us finding out that it was going to be a different quarterback. Uh, I think a more experienced quarterback is how we'll, we'll, we'll phrase it, I suppose. Um, but they ended up passing or not passing, sorry. Well, passing, I think they passed for 298 or something like that, but they ended up getting 380 total yards 
Uh, Zach and I had sold Armin bought. So now we are sitting at seven, six to two. Uh, Armin's win streak is going to end because he is not here to claim a buy or sell. <laughs> so it's given me and Zach a chance to, to maybe capitalize on the opportunity. Uh, we're going to look at Dakota Shepley uh, offensive guard from Seattle Seahawks. Um, so he was born December 27th of 1994 in Windsor, Ontario. He played five seasons of CIS football at the university of British Columbia, uh, concluding his UBC stint in the CIS. He was drafted in the first round fifth overall in the 2018 CFL draft to the Saskatchewan rough riders. Um, but he did not report to the riders immediately. He went to the New York jets and signed a free agent contract to go to the Jets where he was appeared in three preseason games before being released and went back to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He played with the Riders in 2000 up to 2020, but when the season was canceled due to COVID, uh, he opted out of his CFL contract to go pursue an NFL start. Uh, he was signed by the San Francisco 49ers in the 2020 season. Um, and then at the conclusion of the season, the, or in the free agency period, sorry, he was waived by San Francisco and then was picked up by Seattle. Uh, so he is now currently uh, with the Seattle Seahawks. A fun fact about him is he portrayed Omega Red in the movie Deadpool 2. So a little bit of uh, a little bit of a movie stint there. And he was also the stunt and double or body double in the movie Game Over Man. So not only playing the CFL, not playing the NFL. But doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of work on the on the big screen as well too. So a couple of fun facts about uh, Shepley there as well. Uh, our buy and sell question this week is buy or sell quarterback Russell Wilson uh, behind the Seattle offensive line. Will he be will he bounce back and be a top six quarterback versus the Washington Football defense who is averaging twenty seven point six fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks? So Russell Wilson missing time off the injury. Now came back to tougher starts, uh, didn't really produce in those two starts. Are we going to see a bounce back performance from Russ against a, a weaker Washington football defense? What do you think, Zach? So I want to say, I want to say, yeah. Um, when I saw the question, I was looking at the stats for uh, Russ and looking at stats for the Washington football team. And I was hoping those stats would lead me to a, a yes a bounce back for, for Russ, but looking at his past two starts starts against green Bay and starts against Arizona. He's put up 5.6 fantasy points and 8.5 fantasy points in those two games. And it's not for a lack of trying against green Bay. He had 40 pass attempts against Arizona. He had 26 pass attempts. It's just for whatever reason, it's not working right now. Um, maybe it's, he came back a little bit too early. Like we speculated, uh, in the previous episode, um, he's not getting much of a output from his legs. He's not rushing for many yards against green Bay at 32. And then against Arizona, he had two yards. Um, so I want, I wanted to say yes, but looking at the stats, I'm going to probably say that he will not just because right now there's some quarterbacks that are playing really good football. And I think for him to get into that top six, uh, even if he's healthy and he has a good game, it'll be difficult for him. So I will sell and I will say that he will not be top six. 
Oh man. I, uh, I'm having a hard time with this one. I, uh, maybe I should just buy it because then guarantee one of us is going to get a point in Armin's <laughs> not. So maybe I should just do that. But, uh, so here's what I'm flirting with. I'm flirting with the fact that Arizona is a good defense. Green Bay is a good defense. So yes, they were like horrific, but those are pretty solid defense. So I think you throw all those things in the combination. I think there's a reason why he wasn't great. I mean, you expected more than that, obviously, but um, the average of 27 points or 28 points, or whatever is they're giving up would have put him this past week as the number three quarterback on the week. Now quarterbacks, you don't have to worry about this week because of bye weeks um, is Patrick Mahomes, who always has the potential to be number one. And Kyler Murray, who was speculated to be back this week uh, and uh, sat out another week, is also on bye week. So those are two really big name quarterbacks you don't have to worry about that much. Um, and against a Washington football defense that now is missing uh, one of their best, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, uh, Chase Young, who is out for the season uh, due to an ACL tear. I think he's going to have a little bit more time, maybe can get a little bit more confidence going. You saw that and started to air the ball out and started hitting a little bit more tire locket late in that game against Arizona. So maybe the connection is starting to come back a little bit. And their run game has been horrific, missing Chris Carson and um, the revolving door that is the Seattle Seahawks running back core right now. So it's not going to get done on the ground. So I, I think it's going to get done in the air. And I, this is a hopeful, hopeful buy. I'm going to buy it. I, I hope, he, uh, hope he figures it out a little bit here. Regardless, take that arm and we're stealing a point from you. So that's more. <laughs> See, that, that was my thought process as well. I thought with Carson being out and not really having uh, a capable backup there, I thought we're going to have to pass the ball. But, you know, notwithstanding, it's still, I think, a big, uh, big leap of faith to say that he's going to crack that top six. I mean, like there's guys like Tim Boyle out there that are just ripping it. Yeah, like I'm looking at here, the passing, um, the opponents pass, like Cardinals are number four against quarterbacks, which he, which he just stunk. And then Packers are 12th, so still top half. Football team, they're 27. So, I mean, they're not great. And they're actually pretty good against the run, which they don't have a run game to begin with. So, if you look at this past statistic, I don't blame you one bit for selling. That's kind of where I was leaning to, but I, I – I talk myself into a little bit just on <laughs> the hope, you know, like he's going to bounce back eventually. He's not just going to be garbage for the rest of the year. So he's going to have to have a bounce back game and why not against a team that's going to give him a little bit of time in the pocket with, uh, with missing one of their best defensive weapons. So we'll see regardless, Zach, take that arm and suck on it. <laughs> um, we're going to continue on our way here. Uh, we have, like I mentioned, teams returning from their bye week uh, the Denver Broncos and the Rams coming fresh off by and teams that are now going on to their bye here in week 11, Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, looking at, obviously, Armin's full stream ahead, I'll take care of that this week uh, with him being absent. Uh, a guy that it is, I would say, available on a large majority of people's waiver wires. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be picking up and playing Tyrod Taylor. He's a threat on the legs, and he got it done against uh, the Tennessee Titans this past week. Had himself a really good week. And now you're going against a team of the New York Jets, who is terrible in, I would say, almost all facets of defense. You can get it done on the pass. You can get it done on the ground. 
Um, and Ty- Tyrod Taylor gets to bring best of both worlds. He can, he can bring it on the ground with his legs and he can get it done in the air. He's not the best passing quarterback in the league by any means. Uh, but when we talk about the, the cheat code of the Russian quarterbacks, he has the capability to rush, uh, rush a touchdown in just about at any moment. Um, so when a guy that if I needed to say, I, I've been relying on Patrick Mahomes, I need to pick up a quarterback off this week. Tyrod Taylor is definitely a name that I would be, uh, I'd be very confident picking up and starting this week. So he will be, uh, he'll be arm and start of the week on behalf of, of myself. So <laughs> um you you want to start off our uh starts and sits there with your start of the week zach sure so i am going to be starting michael gallup in a few leagues um this week um i i briefly touched on it before um with cooper and lamb being out i see this as a opportunity for michael gallup to produce and you know, selfishly for Michael Gallup, this might be one of his best opportunities to really show off in a contract year, uh, show off what he's capable of for potential suitors to demonstrate that he's capable of being a team's one or one A in their offense. Um, Not to mention the Dallas Cowboys running game might not be as potent as it has been. Uh, Zeke looked a little nicked up there at times yesterday or on Sunday. So if they do have to pass, uh, Michael Gallup might be getting a lot of attention from Dak Prescott. Yeah, I like it. I, I have him in dynasty in our big money league that I own with uh, my partner there. And uh, he, like, we are both high on him, but it was one of those ones that everybody's trying to buy low on him for so long, because if he becomes, you know, the, like he's the number three on that team, but, he could easily become the two on any football team and, and a lot of football teams. He has the capability to be, he could be the one on some of those teams that have very poor wide receivers. So um, now he's got that capability. He's got the potential. He can ball out, like you said, and his dynasty value could, could skyrocket. So I like it. I hope it works out for him uh, very selfishly for my dynasty team, but obviously for mm-hmm. him in that contract year, like you mentioned. So I, uh, I like that start there, Zach, especially on, on, uh, on a Thursday one that we can sit and watch. Uh, where we normally wouldn't be watching a football game. So I'm not going to complain on that one. Uh, my start of the week here is going to be Devonta Smith, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he had a bit of a, uh, I would say, weaker uh, performance this past week in comparison to what we've come to expect from his last little bit. Uh, he ended up having uh, eight points, uh, 8.1 points, 64 yards on four receptions on six targets. But uh, that was a game where, it was a blowout. Didn't really need to pass the ball as much. Jalen Hurts was getting it done with the legs as per usual, uh, and they ran away with that one against the Saints. So didn't need to air the ball out as much, but in this past two games, he put up 20.1 and 20.6. So through the three-game total, he's looking at averaging about uh, 12, 13-ish points per week, maybe even a little bit more than that, maybe more on like the 15th side between those three games uh, where we've become to rely on Devonta Smith. And, and I mentioned this uh, a little bit, a little bit prior, you want to be able to target those wide receivers in the second half of their rookie season. That's where they're going to start to flourish. I think we start to see that now with Devonta Smith. He has now become the clear one for that offense for for air yards. He's, I mean, you watched him in Alabama. He's a, he's a tactical route runner. He's a hundred pounds soaking wet. So I mean, he's he's got to be able to create separation, and uh, he's definitely been doing that for the for Philadelphia. Now this week, they are playing the Giants who are number 19 against opponent passers. 
and the week is still young as they're playing uh, this evening. Now that number can definitely go down depending on how, how the week goes or how the evening goes here for the Giants. But that is definitely a team that you can pass the ball against. Uh, so I'll be looking to confidently start Devonta Smith in, in most assets. He's starting in my, in my dynasty leagues. Uh, I tried to actively target him in, um, in fantasy leagues in redraft uh, before the deadline because he has a very, very juicy end of season schedule as well too. So um, if, you, if your trade deadline is still available, he only got eight points last week. You might be able to pick him up off a, a team, pick him up, uh, throw more uh, Black Friday deals at you guys there too. But <laughs> I'll be starting Devonta Smith this week against the Giants. Uh, your set of the week, Zach? Yeah, so funny enough, we are, I think we're both going to be sitting players from the same team, actually. Uh, my set of the week is AJ Brown against the New England Patriots. Over the past three games, Brown has averaged eight targets for only 3.6 receptions per game, as well as only 35.3 yards receiving per game. And over those three games, he has not scored a touchdown. You cannot be, you'd be hard pressed to find a more disappointing fantasy asset this year. I think um, he was drafted, I would say probably second round, um, you know, in most leagues, if not the second, for sure, the third in most leagues. And he has certainly not put up the, the stat line that many of us were expecting him to over the course of this year. But uh, the reason why I'm going to sit AJ Brown for sure this week um, not to, you know, beyond those stats that I just mentioned, he is injured. He has a chest injury that came back negative. So it looks like he avoided any major type of injury, but a lot can still change between now and Sunday, of course, uh, as well. He is really the only skill player of note on that Tennessee defense. And I've mentioned this before. When teams like that go up against the Patriots, I always tend to shy away from those types of players because Bill Belichick will be damned if he lets one star player uh, win the game for the other team. He will do everything in his power to take that player away and he will let the role players, the Anthony Ferksers, the Des Fitzpatricks, and the Jeremy McNichols of the world win the game. And I promise you all three of those players I just mentioned are real actual NFL players. <laughs> Oh, man. For the same reasons I'm jumping on Zach's shoulders here uh, is why I'm sitting Ryan Tannehill all next to zero offensive weapons against a pretty capable defense. So they're capable of last Thursday. No Julio Jones still on the IR. A.J. Brown is questionable to even participate this week, even let alone play. If he plays, he's hobbled. And those nobodies of the running back core, they're, there's, they're not getting it done on the ground, so they're going to have to rely on Tannehill. Now, depending on the format you're in, he can be like as costly as it is as negative points in a lot of formats. If you're in, in maybe a, an interesting league like we are, where they're <laughs> Matt Ryan got us like negative 16 points uh, last week on a Thursday, it's not what you want. Um, so you're there's definitely a lot better options. Uh, and Tannehill is not a locked and loaded starter by any means. He was a highly drafted uh, guy that you could get later in the rounds, but had the high potential. Um, like Zach had mentioned that the expectations for that offense has not been great. They've, they're finding ways to get, get the wins. They're finding ways to, but it's relying heavily on the, the defense. They're getting turnovers and they're finding ways to punch the ball in. This is not a week I'm expecting a Tannehill production, um, 
there's just there's nobody to get the ball moving for him unless it's gonna be an Anthony Fersker week, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I, I can't see it. So uh, I would be sitting, I'd be sitting Ryan Tannehill, and I'd be looking for a different option, uh, like going to get Tyrod Taylor. Definitely would rather start Tyrod Taylor this week for sure. So we're piggybacking on Tennessee. So I, I was maybe thinking that you're gonna be taking Tennessee the upset, but I don't even know if they'd be any favorites in this one, Zach. I don't think so. I think they gotta be. I think they got to be the underdogs against a New England team that is really piecing it together. But nice little segue here into obviously everybody's <laughs> favorite favorite segment of the week. Um, we're going to be going after Zach's uh, Zach's uh, upset of the week. So last week I, I liked it a lot. I used it on my pools picks. I always do, uh, but unfortunately, just couldn't get it done with Seattle Seahawks. They struggled a little bit against Arizona. So Zach is sitting at a five and five record for his upsets. But this one. I am all aboard for many reasons, Zach. Let's <laughs> let's share it with the folks out there. So just to defend myself with my uh, my week eleven pick there with the Cardinals against the Seahawks, making these picks um, on Mondays or Tuesdays, you obviously don't know who's uh, who's healthy and who's sitting for Sunday games, and I. I still believe if, if CFL legend Chris Strebler was that quarterback, <laughs> we would have prevailed. But and keep, uh, and keep in mind, you're predicting upsets, which is like, it's easy <laughs> to pick the favorites, you know, like the favorites, they're favorites for a reason. So you're picking the upsets here. So yeah, give, uh, you a little bit of, give you a little bit of a tire pump there before you give this one out there. So before I even looked at the point spreads for this week, I knew just from history, there's a very good chance the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions were going to play each other. Did not know who the underdog was, but I knew this was going to be just a, a gross game for the average NFL fan to watch. Just a couple of real anemic offenses going out there and just sucking. That's why they put it on during the workday, so not many people have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody in the states has it off like this yeah. is prime time viewing we're, we're showcasing our talents yeah exactly <laughs> so i am taking the detroit lions as three and a half point underdogs to upset the chicago bears let's and, go <laughs> and here's why uh justin fields did not finish the game on sunday and before he exited the game he was four for 11 for 79 yards. Currently, the Chicago defense is 24th in the league in rush yards allowed per game. And over the past two games, uh, Swift, the running back for the Detroit Lions, has set career highs in each of those weeks successively for rush yards per game. So we are seeing a very subpar defense come up against an ascending running back in DeAndre Swift. Now, here's the kicker. Like I said with the Cardinals and Chris Stribler, if Tim Boyle is back on the bench where he belongs and Jared Goff can avoid the big turnovers, I think this game will be a real opportunity for Dan Campbell. He is the hero we all deserve to get his first win as the Detroit Lions head coach. In prime time, baby. In prime time. <laughs> now, if Tim Boyle's out there, all bets are off. Yeah, what about David Blau? Let's get him going. David Blau, I is he still in the league? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's about brought a tear to my eyes, Zach. Got me excited there. <laughs> yeah. 
primetime Detroit Lions, Dan can Campbell you, would cry for can sure. Can you imagine? Like you have Aaron Andrews interviewing Dan Campbell off his first win Thursday afternoon Thanksgiving. He, not only he's, gonna, he's not is, going, he's not going to be biting the the whole chicken. He's not biting the turkey. He's biting kneecaps, baby. You know he's coming in hot <laughs> with the turkey leg and absolutely gnawing on that in that interview, guaranteed. Like we all remember from a number of years ago when Richard Sherman went ballistic on Aaron Andrews about Michael Crabtree. Yeah. Like expect that level of excitement from Dan Campbell. When you put us against a sorry defense like Chicago Bears, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I hope so. I, oh, it's been a disappointing year. I mean, it was to be expected. So you, like it's, it'd be worse if you expect to be good and you were terrible. But if you knew you're gonna be terrible, it oh, it's just it's a tough life. But oh well, get to watch primetime Detroit Lions. That doesn't happen very often. There so you go. I'll be sitting in my office wearing my Detroit Lions jersey. You know what it is. So let's go. First Thanks W of the year. I like it. I Here like it. It's just because Zach said so. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Anything to add here, Zach, before we wrap this uh wrap this bad boy up? Uh no, just uh stay warm out there, folks. Make sure you plug in your cars. Yeah, the truck was just about didn't want to start this morning. <laughs> I hadn't started in a couple of days, but um, good luck to U of S. I guess we talked about that a little bit too. Good luck to the Huskies. We'll definitely watch them that as well too. But um, happy uh, American Thanksgiving for all this down there. I'm actually, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, or maybe I just talked about it in a group chat, but we have over 50% of our viewership comes from the United States, which is quite surprising. So uh, if you're listening down there in the States, enjoy the turkey, enjoy the day off. Enjoy some good deals on, on Friday. Enjoy, enjoy your holiday there. And thank you everybody for listening to uh, the most recent episode here on the episode 29 of the 306 fantasy football podcast. Uh, thank you for participating um, in the socials. I know everybody's kind of been paying attention to that lots so and we're getting some good feedback from that. So we appreciate that. And uh, obviously good luck in, uh, in week 12 and good luck in the playoff pushes you guys. It's in a couple weeks here. Not so, not too many left. A couple of weeks, we will be in the fantasy football playoffs. So, uh, good luck in your push here. Do what you got to do, get those W's, and let's get yourself into the dance. So, thanks for listening. Take care, everybody, and uh, and have a good one. Mm-hmm.